Hey everyone, welcome to Mayday, it's Justin. This is our season two wrap-up show. Just wanted to give you a quick note, uh, because you guys are awesome and sent us so many questions, we recorded this episode for almost two hours. So what we are going to do just for your time and convenience is break this up into three parts so we don't uh, get anything lost in the shuffle and you are able to listen to it at your convenience. So over the next three weeks, you're going to hear all the questions that you sent us and listen to us talk about them. So it was a lot of fun. We really want to say thank you to everyone that sent in questions and thank you all so much for listening and please enjoy the podcast. And also, if you have more questions, always feel free to hit us up on social media at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Handmade Podcast is how you can find us, at Handmade, like Handmaid's Tale, at Handmade Podcast, or you can email us at mayday at allconsumingcontent.com. That's mayday at allconsumingcontent.com. All right. Enjoy part one of the Mayday wrap-up show, Ask Us Anything Q&A. Thanks, guys. Hi, it's Justin. This is the Mayday Podcast with my co-hosts. Hey, it's Sarah. I'm Sarah, here. who else we got? Check it in. Crystal and Tiana. Hi, Tiana. Hi, Hi Crystal. Justin. Hi, Sarah. Well, we've reached the end of the season. I know, it's sad. It's it is true. sad. It is sad. It feels, I don't know, it felt like it went by fast for yeah. me. Yeah, it did. It really does. Yeah, definitely while watching it, like every other episode, I was like, I can't believe this is episode such and such right. already. Yeah, it was very... So So a week removed-ish. Are you are you growling over there? I told you. you. We could have had a buffet. We could have done the whole thing. Did you hear it? Are you growling? <laughs> I, was like, right. I heard Did it. Did you hear it? Yeah. Just oh, <laughs> a stomach growling. So it's all right. It's crystal. We're going to leave this in. It's a, we're a human show with actual people, so I like that kind of stuff. Sarah's sick. Crystal's hungry. Tiana's drunk. I'm fine. Tiana's drunk. <laughs> Damn. He is not drunk. You're not drunk. You're just buzzed. It is 11 a.m. I am not drunk. Well, I'm drinking vodka, mimosas. just so everyone knows. Really? Uh, this is lemonade and sweet tea vodka. Oh, so you just going to drink some lemonade and sweet tea okay. vodka. It's, a, it's, it's a little celebration, you know. It's the end of the second season. We've been a podcast. We're two Fish years old. tell us. Oh, my God. We're awesome. two years old. We are. We're two years old. That. We're two years old. That's it's crazy. not really two years. It's two seasons. Oh. Yeah. Like, Sorry. when the next season starts, it'll We're be two We're two seasons years. old. Can I do that? Yeah. yeah. All right. That feels good. <laughs> two seasons old. The show is two seasons old. We're two seasons old. It's like we're growing together. And growing old together. The people are listening and engaging with us. It's sort of crazy. It is. So, it's kind of great. Yeah, it is kind of great, right? Hearing from the other people is the The people part. are amazing. Um, so just so people know, I feel like we need to make this announcement right off the bat. Um, we don't do like time off per se as a podcast. We do dial it down a notch. So we'll be like a uh, proper podcast once a month with the regular crew or whoever can make it. It's very loosey goosey, as you would say in the, uh, off season or hiatus as it were, but we will continue to be very active on the social medias. We will continue to cover all the news and whatnot about the show and uh, any available content that we can get, any interviews, any uh, things that we normally would do and push for uh, other cooler stuff. We will absolutely do. So don't go anywhere. Don't unsubscribe because you never know. In a very fun way, though. It's absolutely. actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like last season, we did like some female director stuff. Um, that was super cool. We uh, we cover some other shows, like we did. Um, was that Godless, which was the the western where they actually oh, yeah. let the women talk mm-hmm. um, <laughs> on show, which was actually really good. Although they it was not quite as uh, hardcore feminist western as they build it to be. Yeah, that um, was a little disappointing. It was. 
Um, but the performances were all fantastic. So if you've not watched that for whatever reason, it's really great. Just know going in that it is not like all the women all the time and the men never talk. Michelle Dockery actually got nominated for an Emmy. Uh, so things that we have coming up, though, as far as content goes, because we've still got some stuff in the can, um, are probably our next full podcast just because uh, I know Sarah's schedule because it's my schedule also. Uh, we'll probably be the end of August because the beginning of August is, hey, let's go back to school and lose our minds. Yeah. And then at the end of August, it'll be like, okay, I'm back in the swing of things. I still am not very happy about it, but I'm I'm, I'm feeling better. Still pretty raw, but right. it's still kind of... <laughs> Your face, oh my goodness. It's still kind of exciting, though, too, at that right. point. The, you know, yeah. like when school starts, it's still kind of like, hey, I don't know everything about the good and bad of you yet. So yeah. this there's, is still sort of nice. Yeah. They're still, still cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. They're still new. You just took them out of the package. You know, you know, you're just getting to know them. Yeah, they're just reading you, trying to get all your moves down, and then October comes. Exactly. Oh, man. The October stretch is a brutal one. October. There's no holidays in October, nope. and the weather is gorgeous, and it's just the longest month ever because all you want to do is be outside. That mm-hmm. sounds like a great month for a vacation. And then the yes. kids hate you, though, but that's when they start hating you. Yep. That's Again, the point. Sounds like, like a great month for a vacation <laughs> for teachers. <laughs> vacation, <laughs> I have to bank up my... vacation is hard for the teachers. The shine wears really off. Uh, so we also have an interview with Madeline Brewer that we've done uh, the week before last, so I'll be editing that and throwing that up. She was great. Um, and then also, uh, we will be re-releasing some of our interviews with Ann Crabtree, because as you know, we've been doing our sponsorship with the Scadfash Museum, which has the uh, Dressing for Dystopia exhibit that has all of her, not all of it, but about a 45-ish pieces of her work, and is super awesome. And so we will be re-releasing that, as well as... Um, some audio from the Q&A that they did there after the screening. We'll talk about more of that in a minute. Um, so don't go anywhere is the bottom line because we're going to keep doing stuff and talk about the show. And I've already gotten some great suggestions because I did throw it out there on Facebook to see people what people wanted us to do oh. and what do they want to know. Um, and I was kicking around like rereading the book because there are a lot of new viewers to the show, especially the second season, that are just kind of new to the whole thing um, that either didn't know there was a book or haven't read the book. And so I think that would be a good thing to do for some people to kind of get some back information about what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah, if you're a fan of the show, read the book in the off-season, because it's so good. It's so good. You really should read the book. So It's one maybe, of my favorites. Maybe yeah, we're going to read same. that together. We'll see. It'll be fun. Uh, and anything else you want. So just tell us. Like, hit us up on the social medias or email us at uh, mayday at allconsumingcontent.com, which I think is the first time I've ever thrown an actual email address out on here. Really? Yeah, I don't do it very often. Mayday at allconsumingcontent.com. Here's what I know. Um... Yesterday was Ann Crabtree's birthday. Yay! And we love Ann Crabtree because she was, um, A, she's an amazing human, outside of being a fantastic costume designer for the show. Totally. But she's also the first person we ever interviewed on the show, which set the bar as high as you can possibly set the bar. So wonderful. So cool. And has done, she did a costume contest with us, which was amazing, and judged it for us. And then she did another interview for us before the scat fashion thing. So she's been heavily involved. We call her a friend of the show. I feel good saying that. Um, and brought us down to Atlanta to see the exhibit, which was awesome. And so happy birthday to her. Uh, we threw out some, I uh, told everybody to stop what they were doing and just go to her Instagram page and oh, yeah. tell her happy birthday yesterday. So hopefully everyone did that. So if Anne is out there listening, happy uh, birthday. I know she's working right now on, she's in Puerto Rico, working on a project with D. Reese, 
who is the Hello. lady that directed Mudbound. That was nice. on Netflix. If you ever watched that, anybody ever watch that? Oh, that's a great movie. So if you haven't checked that out, Mudbound I on Netflix. Uh, who was in that? It's um, Mary, Mary J. Blige got nominated for an Academy Award for Supporting Actress. And so she is fantastic. Everybody's great in it. But uh, her next movie, it's based on a Joan Didion novel, um, The Last Thing He Wanted, which is shooting in Puerto Rico, which is a novel based on like this woman who goes and takes over for, um, I think her father was a like arms dealer, and she kind of takes over the Dang. business. I could be telling part of that wrong, but that's the premise is she becomes like in the Iran-Contra era, 80s, well, that's becomes a, a player. Extra pressure to take over yeah. the family business there. Yeah. And so I did read that Ben Affleck just got cast in it and um Anne Hathaway is the lead, so she plays oh. the lead. And then Ben Affleck just got cast in it and uh Anne Crabtree is doing costumes for that. And so yeah. all that stuff. Another really notable one she worked on was Pan Am. Pan Am, yeah, that which wasn't around for very long. Which I've never costumes. seen. I've never actually seen I've seen the costumes just cuz doing research on her, but I've never seen the show. Oh right, it got canceled, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. I was really Margo, interested in seeing it like continue. Margot Robbie was in that. In Pan Am. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone know why? Like it, it was just one of those shows that just kind of too good for its own time. Yeah, I Basically. remember the, the, yeah, the costumes being super on point. And I think the only reason I watched the show was because of how it looked. So, yeah, the imagination anyway, right happy birthday, Ann Crabtree. We love you. Yay. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. And so, one more announcement. I, Justin, will be taking a little bit of a hiatus from... All things Mayday for about a month because it's time for Justin to take a break. Yeah. Aside from being the other yeah, three Justin humans, does all of the things <laughs> he really does be us when talking. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody. Like, aside from being the other person in on the podcast, that I do it all and it's fine. I love it. It's my baby, um, and I this season has been ridiculous. So um, fun, and so it's it's going to be very difficult to step away from it. But I need to for a little while and decompress and just take some time. So. Uh, I'm turning it over to some very capable people, so we're going to talk about that a little more. Sarah does not know because she wasn't here for that pre-planning meeting. Um, Sarah. We I'm assigned gonna, you some stuff. Had, okay. uh, Great. <laughs> I decided that since Instagram is your preferred social media platform, that I'm going to let you take Instagram. That's fair. Um, so just so you know. So we'll I'm, talk about that. I'm in. So um, I'm very excited also that um, we have some stuff here that I've acquired <laughs> over the last year and a half. Um, hold on. That we just have that we're gonna give away. <laughs> that I'm gonna let you figure out how to give away. Um, so Ooh. we have this, the thing from the people I got in Oregon, and then the Equality Now people. Hold on, hold on. Sarah's freaking out over the buttons. So I got this bag of buttons from the people at Equality Now, and they're awesome. I bag love of buttons. buttons. You've been holding out on buttons me. Buttons and stickers. You wanna hear the buttons? That's the buttons. Um, so there's a but- big button that says "Misogyny bores me." There is a big button that also says, "What does this pink one say?" I keep forgetting. No, 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 no. Uh, laws don't reverse themselves. And then there is one that has the logo that they used for their Hope Lives in Every Name um, campaign with the Handmaid's Tale that has a little Handmaid's Tale bonnet on it. So um, we're going to give those away. I'm going to let me? you to whoever wants them. Um, the people. Now, Ooh. I also, and Tiana has part of this, so Sarah's never seen this before. Uh-oh. And neither is Crystal. And I've kind of been trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. <laughs> and so. Hulu sends oh. out these boxes to media people and podcasts and people that do stuff about the show a lot as a kind of thank you. And so we got this box of stuff, which last year we got the box of stuff fairly early on, um, which is how we got involved with Hulu and 
social media stuff in this box of stuff which people have seen online they got them and they posted them and took it and i think we're gonna give all our stuff away even though tiana's looking at me like you shouldn't give all the stuff away justin I, that's how i feel i just don't you know because tiana has the rock I, I will say if you've seen these online because people that got them posted them and did thanks thank to lou and i've just been kind of biding my time to figure out what i really wanted to do so it gave tiana the rock which is awesome because it's like the the rock that the handmaids it's, are holding yeah it's, a it's like a stress ball, ball. It's a stress but ball a that looks like a rock that says, I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia, on it. Ah. And there, that, it's awesome. And so within this box, and this is, we're, we're unboxing, an I audio need, unboxing. I need to see the buttons. Oh. Hold on, you'll get the buttons. Thank you. So. Very excited. <clears throat> I'm going to post this on the Facebooks. And the, I hope so, all because the I don't media. think the sound is going to do it justice. So there's a coloring book in here. Oh, my gosh. That is a Handmaid's Tale coloring book, <laughs> which is kind of amazing, right? Um, and there's also the best, the, it really, really, this part yeah, hurts me. It's, like, the, it's the part that you'll want the most. It's the part that yeah. everybody's going to be like, cause like these are, these aren't everywhere. So this is like no bullshit limited edition. Like you're not going to find this everywhere kind of stuff. Is this Aunt Lydia pillow, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. I it really is, want that. It uh, is so cool. For those at home, it's a white, like, I don't know, probably 12 by 12 pillow. And it has like a floral circular pattern around it, and it has Aunt Lydia's face basically in the middle of it. Oh my god! And it's looking as Aunt looking Lydia as Aunt is Lydia awesome. as she can. Yeah. Um, so we're going to give that to some person, and I'm going to let you guys figure that out. One of the coolest things on this thing with the with with the coloring book is that they have all the it comes with crayons or mm -hmm. colored pencils, and they they have the colors named after the things on the show. Oh, nice. So it's Resistance Red. Commander Black, Patriarchy Pink, Blue Wives, Gilead Green, and Dandelion Yellow for Gilead Janine. Green. Gilead Green. Is it like green. a really sad brown it's like green? Because terrible green, the like everything's dead. No, uh, but there's like this. May see, it's like a, it's like a nice. kids' activity book. Ah, it's kind of but amazing. For but for grown-ups, there's the Aunt Lydia. Oh, nice. Color Aunt Lydia. What does it say? There's you guys more will really like... enjoy these. Uh, there's more than one kind of freedom. Dear God. And there's a. You can cut this out. And them together. We are definitely going to have a good time raffling these off in some uh, way, shape, Some or things form. can't be forgiven. There's Alexis Bledel. There's Janine. We're flowers. Nice. Crazy Janine. Love you, Janine. Oh, you can make your own, like, hood thing. thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Did so, we yeah, see it's any kind of amazing. handmaids during Halloween last year? Uh, last year we did the costume contest. I saw lots of handmaids. Um, I didn't like, see oh, I never, in, in I real life? Not, no. No. I didn't see any out, though. Not online. I'm not. I only saw kids' of... costumes. Like, right. I, feel like I didn't go into. I didn't go to any like adult all. Halloween things. There's definite varying opinions on. Like it... if Elliot and I went as a handmaid and a commander, yeah. I would oh have a God. shit fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they would have a shit. It fit. really depends on the person. Like some people just think you can't go there. Some people like there were people doing like sexy handmade and people were no like, way. Oh, time I don't out, know about time that. Out Wait a minute, field. really? I need to see oh, that. Oh yeah, I don't no, for real. Need to see that. Uh, no. uh, if you've never I, seen, okay, I'm just saying, I can't even believe somebody had like the. Oh, there was lots be, like, of them because a lot of people do it like cosplay where they like make the costume like fully and like try to make it as good as they can. Uh, so that's. Well, what I guess with the, with the, that makes the sense sexy handmade had them for a protest. They had sexy handmade. Yeah. Costumes at Jezebel's. Oh yeah, really? They had like yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I just remember them in all kinds of other get-ups. There were definitely some handmaids oh, dressed. Oh, There was, like, one scene where they went through the rooms and saw people together. There was mm -hmm. definitely a girl dressed as a handmaid with a guy in a room. Oh, That's weird. Funny. It's not Ew. funny. It's mostly yeah. awful, but... 
Gross. Um, so yeah, we got stuff and we're going to give it away. I'm going to let you guys decide because I'm going to be off. So do whatever you want. It's going to be, I'm not, I'm going to take the social media apps off my phone. I'm going to just like, let it go. What? Totally step on like taking the back seat. That's cool. I will be periodically getting out of the car to, to see if you're actually I'm, really doing it. I will. I feel like it's a personal challenge at this point. Because I know like Nikki it. thinks I can't do it. It sounds like For it. sure. No, you can do it. I know I can do it. I just got to do it, do it. There, it's like you just kind of got to get over the hump. Like it, initially, I think it'll be really hard, yeah. but then once you it'll get past like a certain smoking. point. <laughs> how, you're describing quitting smoking. Yes. Totally. That's what it's going to feel like. Well, the lack of anything. You know how if you get out of like a long-term relationship and there's no physical contact in your life? <laughs> The first well, few months are really hard, and then I, after that, you're like, I, I personally, go forever. Personally, I can say no. Just so I don't know. think I have ever been like, I could go forever. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a bit extreme. I know, but you know, you hit a point where you're just like, eh. Because fun fact, fine. fun fact, Nikki and Justin have been together since 1995. So, no one <laughs> yeah, asked that question, but sure. I'm giving them the answer. So I don't know what that's like. What's that like? It's hard at first, and then you get past <laughs> the pump, and it's fine. All right, so... Uh, I'm going to let you all take over and just take it. And I also don't want to give anyone the impression that I have taken control of this because it is like I don't want them to do anything. That's oh, not no, the no, case. No, no, no. This is very That's much just I have the time to do it and I love doing it. And in case you're not keeping score at home and haven't listened to this podcast before, Sarah and Tiana have very busy lives and careers, as does Crystal. And um, <laughs> Dang. Tiana and Sarah also have like little kid factor little that rolls into it and so it's hard justin has a big kid and i got a big kid because i had my kid we had our we, had our we were talking about this yesterday Very with somebody early. else had him young and so now i can enjoy my late 30s and 40s so we're gonna be cool and we get to watch all you people and go huh. uh, so very true you've earned it <laughs> you know what Ev, it's true i will say that we've earned it that, that's true <laughs> All right, everybody, just a quick break in the action. Wanted to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Scad Fash, which you know has the exhibit Dressing for Dystopia, featuring more than 40 costumes designed by our friend of the show, and badass Handmaid's Tale costume designer, Ann Crabtree. Uh, you can find their information at scadfash.org. That's S-C-A-D-F-A-S-H.org. So coming up in the next few weeks, because uh, we are doing a little sponsorship with them, we have some great content coming up. We're going to have some audio from the Q&A, and you might have heard us, uh, me and Tiana, talk about this uh, audio from a Q&A that we were at. Uh, they had the Scadfash exhibit opening, and then they drove everybody over to a theater that they have for the school and had the first public screening of episode three of the second season. So we broke this up into two separate parts. What it is is a Q&A with Ann Crabtree and a few of the cast members. It's awesome. You will hear Ann Crabtree, cast members Amanda Bruegel, Madeline Brewer, Sydney Sweeney, Ever Carradine, hashtag Lady Putnam, and more. They will all talk about the episode that they just watched, and more importantly, they talk about Ann Crabtree, her work, and how it has affected their performance. And it's pretty phenomenal, and there's a lot of information that you may not have heard of, uh, that you may not know, and really goes in deep to the costumes and the look of the show and all of the things that go into that. It is really in-depth, a really great interview, and a lot of things about the characters as well. So I think you really enjoy it. A lot of great information. Uh, if you want to visit the Dressing for Dystopia exhibit, it is open to the public at the Scad Fash Museum of Fashion and Film in Atlanta, Georgia. It's open until August 11th, so you don't have much time, but you can make it down there. Uh, August 11th, it is open till. For more information, once again, visit them at scadfash.org. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thank you, guys. All right, so the one thing we did this week is 
ask the people to send us questions, and this is one of my favorite things to do. We did it last year, and it was fun. Um, so we asked all our social media people. We have more of them this year, so there's more questions. To send us any questions, ask us almost anything is how I put it. Um, cause, almost. Yeah, I put a parentheses in almost because you never know. People are crazy. You don't know people I mean, are going to know. they're going to ask. You don't have yeah. to answer it. I know. Well, Very true. I'm making that clear. So I, I, I think we should start with Sarah's preferred uh, social media social platform media so she gets to know her people. For sure. Uh, she's going to be taking over. So. Uh, we're going to answer some Instagram questions, and uh, these are not directed, unless they say they're directed to anybody, anyone can answer these, so if you don't want to answer one, don't answer it. If everybody wants to answer, go for it. But I'll let Sarah read this one. Go. All right, so these are our Instagram followers, and um, the first one is from, should I attempt their names? Yes, the, my, okay. the names are my favorite part of this whole deal. RL Lane 61 There you go. What has been your favorite Fred fucking idiotism? There's so many. <laughs> oh, man. You got one? Um, no, I don't know that this is necessarily an idiotic thing that he's done, but one of my favorite Fred moments is when he's like, and then I'll be stuck up on the wall with you, just my fucking luck. And I was like, oh, yeah. That whole scene that might be my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Best line I had to watch so it a couple times. I'm not going to lie, and I don't really rewind in this show ever right. because it's I, I've had it enough when I watch it. But that one, I was like, I gotta see this again. I mean, it's awful, but I could literally watch them fight like that forever <laughs> because know. they're both so good. Oh it's yeah, I would ridiculous. watch a whole season of their marriage. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said I want that whole day that June escapes, like from the other side. I want them to make that episode like they did. Uh, what was it? Um, um, Arrested Development, where they did like every episode from the other characters' perspective. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I would love for them to do just that day from like the Fred and Serena perspective and get like that oh, whole car ride there. And just oh. them like, oh my God. And the whole car ride home right? after they blow up oh each other in the God. house. Right. Uh, Although, the, one of the best ones, though, that Fred did was like just truly idiotic was in the first season. Do you remember how June totally manipulates him to take her back to Jezebel so that she can talk to Moira? That whole part was so good because you're like, he's so dumb. He's going to fall right <laughs> for it. And then you see her noticing and then you see what she's doing and then he's like, okay. <laughs> And then he just goes for it. That was one of the dumbest things Fred has ever done. Absolutely. He was he was just walked on. Which is really saying something. Right. One of the dumbest things he's ever done. I mean, there for, are a lot. For me, the bar is set at Nick would never be disloyal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh right. Over and over and that. over and over again. I mean, Jesus. that's where that, that's the point where I really realized that oh, he's not like. A crazy person. I mean, he is because he's, he's part of this. Completely he just really believes everything in his head. Like yeah. he thinks he's really being nice by sending her to get Hannah, although it is mostly to just get in her pants. Um, but like he really like thinks that like everything's on the up and up, and he doesn't. He has a hard time seeing the forest for the trees, and yeah. it is like hilarious. he still thinks he's going to convince June. Yeah, up until the last <laughs> oh, moment, right? God. Like they just didn't. But that was that after was they painful. slapped the sh- crab out of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and after she said, "Go fuck yourself, right. Fred." And like, oh yeah. So for me, for huh. me, the top Fred idiotism is gotta be Nick would never be disloyal, <laughs> which I think is one. followed by That's Serena saying, one. "You're such a fucking idiot." Right? <laughs> or, How could you be so stupid or something like that? Anybody else got one? No. I, um, any I'm personal favorites? Nick would never right. be disloyal. Bandwagon. Yeah, That's yeah that was a good one. A good one. Uh, the next question is from Amy Wolk. Wolkov. Wolkov. I was trying to switch the KNL. Um, <laughs> there are no male babies slash children in Gilead. Discuss. Yes, there are. 
There are children, but there the babies that we've seen born aren't. Only the two babies right. that we've seen born. She referenced our, she referenced male babies when she was talking to the Creepy Creepy Senate. And oh, yeah. also uh, in season one where they bring out the babies, yes. remember? There are mm-hmm. boys. There are boys. There are boys. Yes. But Little boys. As far as the children. So there are definitely as far as the babies children. slash children. I think some of those boys were young enough that they had to have been born yeah, in Gilead. They were under five for sure. But the ones we know of the characters we know, which is only two. two. It's yeah. only two babies so right. far. I mean, the odds are still. And I think that that's they were, they kind of had to be girls. For what she I, did yeah, on. because of Serena. Yeah. yeah. For for that change to happen, I totally agree. They had to be girls. Because Lady Putnam and Serena have to lead the charge. Yeah. They have to write mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. Um, okay, so our next question comes from Swiss Marple. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> two-parter. It's a two-parter. Uh, because because let me let me let me tell you why it's two-parter because she sent me this question, which is a loaded question, which no person should ever have to answer that is the interviews people. Right. Who's your like favorite interview? Who's your favorite person? Yeah, I right. think, who's your favorite kid? Sarah, who's your favorite child? I don't right? know. It depends on the hour. See? Really. Exactly. And I was like, so I wrote back, I was like, Are you trying to get me in trouble? What yeah. Are, what are we doing here? Like No. Because these people like more than once have said we listen to the podcast, which is still completely bizarre. I know. But if they are, I don't want to be like, oh, screw you guys. I don't want to talk to you because I thought I was your favorite. So I asked her to be a little more specific what she meant there. So go ahead. So, you know, the initial question is, which is your favorite interview? And then she says, well, let me be more, or he or she says, well, let me be more precise. I don't care who you liked most, but I wonder which one was your favorite information wise. From who did you learn the most interesting thing? I mean, I have a favorite in that sense. Otherwise, God, they were all such great people, and I think it's great they took the time. Um, well, I'll take this one first since I did most of the interviews. Um, so I would say information-wise, purely based on information, had to be Bruce Miller because he has all the information, right? Um, And so, like, me not having a clue how June got on the ground and having him tell me that she just walked outside and passed out was (laughs) was huge. That was great for me because I didn't have an idea because, as I said, I'd jumped out that window. I'd have been like, (laughs) well, we got more than 10 feet. That's fine. I think I can kill myself that way. That's how I would be. Um, I don't know. As Tiana says, everybody who jumps off something in Gilead so far is not really. It hasn't worked out well for any of them. So (laughs) I'm just saying, like, Um, go higher. That, for me, just getting a little bit of all that kind of stuff that even he said, like, oh, yeah, we just edited that poorly or did that um but amanda bruegel was also awesome amanda and bruegel was awesome but we also got like a different side of information from ann crabtree she was just so open and willing to share oh yeah that we learned a lot about the process and a lot about like the history and um kind of the the backstory that she needed to make for herself and her mind to be able to create those costumes and yeah. like how those costumes were planned to be interacting with the humans wearing them in the show like that was also a ton of information that I found really fascinating. Yeah. And I wasn't in the first interview with Bruce, um, so I just listened to that secondhand and it wasn't the same. But I would definitely say Anne Crabtree was my favorite information-wise. Although I think Amanda Bruegel Amanda really Bruegel, could be my best friend. Amanda Bruegel telling the story about... Because we were the first people to talk to her after the finale. We that broke had her seen finale it. cherry. It was yeah. very exciting. Yeah, so like we nobody had talked to her that had actually seen the finale yet. And so she was like, oh my God, I get to talk about it. She's like, every show I go on, I'm like, I think Reed is going to do, you know, turn a corner for you, just, just, just be patient. <laughs> and so she told us the story because I asked her, like, when did you know that where your character was going? Because I was like, you know, it always plays it so close to the vest and Reed has always been kind of hard to tell. And she was like, tells the story that's in the interview if you want to listen to it about being in Niagara Falls with her family, and she got the script six days before they're going to shoot the finale. Oh, my gosh. And she's reading it what at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and she's like, she's like, I'm standing up, and I'm going, do words mean the same thing? 
in Niagara Falls as they do everywhere else? <laughs> She's like, because I just think I read that I'm Harriet, Harriet Tubman, Tubman of Gilead. She's like, and her husband is like, what are you doing? Because he like, everyone's asleep. And she's like, she's like, I was just wa- running around my running around the hotel room going, I'm Harriet Tubman. I'm Harriet Tubman. <laughs> and so that that interview that is, so is cool. amazing. That's incredible. I loved her. She if, was, if you have not listened to that interview. Yeah, that was the last one we did. It's so amazing. You should listen to she that. Was but great. I mean, all of them are great. Each one offers, yeah, like a unique insight. Mm-hmm. Like when Yvonne Strahovski. You can do it. When Yvonne Strahovski was yeah. talking about Serena and like her insights as to who Serena is and, and what that is. You know, I have a fascination with the character of Serena Joy, mm-hmm. book and show. Uh, that was really fascinating for me. Um, and Dowd was really cool. <laughs> Had to bring it up, sorry. Right. Um, because she talked a little bit about how she put Aunt Lydia together in her head because she had an aunt that was a school teacher, but like the super old school nun school teachers like can beat you type of school teacher. I, br- I bring this part of this interview up as often as I can to talk about Sarah saying this out loud to Aunt to Aunt Down. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. It was super cool. So each one like kind of... Because it was like private school teacher, not <laughs> public school teacher. Teachers who can, Teachers who can <laughs> make decisions that maybe aren't orthodox or are. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, each interview kind of offers a different insight that I had no clue how they were putting these characters together in their head. Especially with Serena Joy, because Serena Joy goes to some pretty dark places, mm-hmm. and yeah. she's a pretty complex character because she does kind of redeem herself in the you know but not yep. really redeem yeah. totally i'm not saying she totally redeemed herself i'm just saying so it's it's don't interesting come after sarah yeah well, <laughs> I, i'm not, not saying Serena just Joy because yeah yeah i'm not saying just because she gave the baby to to june that everything's okay um but yeah each interview kind of offers a unique backstory that i hadn't thought of and i didn't know it is super mm-hmm. cool and I, I thought with the one thing they did really good this year that they kind of took the veil off the show a little bit and let people get inside of it, which I think was something they needed to do. Um, but they, after, I'm trying to think, after like the 10th episode or so, they made the writers available. Because the 10th episode was the episode where they uh. raped June. And so Yalin Chang was one of the first writers that they made available to like, hey, because <laughs> this is going to be a little crazy for everybody, we're going to let you talk. And they did like every, like the next three episodes, they let the writer or director uh, out for interviews, and so we talked to her, and we talked to Eric Tuckman, who was the guy that did the one where they um, drowned uh, Eden. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was awesome because those guys are the ones that are like really deep in the weeds with knowing why they're making those decisions and what those characters are doing from a you know they're writing it. This is why motivational standpoint. I, so I always love to hear that stuff. And so uh, it, it, I think they've all been great. I like Bruce Miller just because it was the as far as the quantity of information that he was able to provide. But Amanda Bruegels, as far as the, just like, like firsthand like perspective, for, yeah, of just that the whole thing and like how she was, and she was just like completely open, and you know, I, I emailed her, her publicist after, and I was like, just so you know, I was like, she was right up there with Anne Crabtree as far as like a person that I would like be able to talk to, at for any length of time for about anything totally. because you could just talk to her forever because she was just hilarious. Amanda Bruegel, if you're listening and you want to hang out, <laughs> um, you can just catch me on Twitter or Facebook. And I, I left will, that in. I will message you. I will DM you my phone number <laughs> and we can totally make this be make this BFF happen. All right. Next question is... Two-thirds ski? Two-thirds uh, sky. Sky? I don't know. It depends I if you're going... Like first way better. No, I, I kind of like the Polish pronunciation. <laughs> Two-thirds, two-thirds oh. ski. If the American government in exile, the A-G-I-E, 
are finding ways around the fertility crisis. How come they aren't doing the same in Gilead? The hospital looked pretty up to date. Um, I have a very, very quick answer for this. Because men. I was going to say, I maybe totally because, and maybe also, because like, Gilead, Gilead doesn't want to. Gilead is not looking at men as, par- at, like, any any men as being infertile. Like, they are blaming women for it. Right. So, like, they're just completely limiting themselves. They, they, they look through very narrow lenses at everything. Yeah. And well, I think that they also think that they found a solution for it. So right. probably aren't working on other things because then they might not get to have handmaids. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. If it's not advantageous for men, then exactly. don't and do it. It's interesting because the medical people know. Because the doctor knows that she mm-hmm. talks to, but the people who make the decision aren't those people, and so it's that's why yeah. because the people who are making the decisions the people in power exactly. Damn All right, man. now we have Muse Chic. I don't know. Is I like that, that okay? I think that's it. Uh, if you had to choose, what was your favorite episode of each season and why? Oh, Woo! I could not pick one. See, my Instagram people come through with these great questions. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, yeah, Crystal, you're, you've, been, you've been a little quiet here, I've so been what do you got? Um, What's your favorite episode from this season or last season or both? That's so hard. Oh, I need a moment. All right. This is my um, favorite episode. Hmm. I'd say, I, hmm, that's tough for me. I would say my favorite episode of last season only because it contains what sets the bar for me as my favorite moment of the entire show is the, I think it's the second to last, or last, when Serena finally goes and confronts Fred in the, in his study, and basically tells him that you're not the father of this baby because God would never let you have the baby, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to chuck his Scrabble board across the room as just putting a exclamation point at the end of that sentence. That's my favorite moment yeah. of Fuck anything in this show. Yeah. When she chucks the Scrabble board across, because it's such a, like, every married couple who has had that level of fight has had a person who is like just chuck something across the room like fuck your thing. I don't know. Fuck your thing. So I saw that and I was like, that's amazing. And I love every moment of that. And again, it's them fighting, right? I don't know what I have with them and fighting and they're so good at it. Like those two characters. They really do. They could just have like, even if it was just like a short, like 15 minute show where all it was was Serena and Fred, like at the end, like a bonus, like Like bonus feature. But that would be my one for season one. Season two, man, I really, really loved the episode where they let Janine see the baby in the hospital. And I think that's the one. That was the one I was going to say. Yeah. For me, and it's different for me and Sarah, because I know it was Sarah. For different reasons. For Sarah, it was the neonatologist, and I'll let her talk about that. But for me, when they, at the end, and I talked about this with her in the interview the other day, I was like, because we didn't know we were getting when we turned the corner with that camera. I was like, (laughs) so I was just letting you know. has has been known to do some pretty crazy things. It could have been a lot of stuff. And so we talked about that scene a little bit in the interview, so I'll have that up. But that whole thing like and then having her sing like through the credits and that whole thing just like broke me it was crazy but that was probably my part Sarah yeah I I can't comment on season one because I can't really pick from season one season one was just like whoa but season two um, was definitely that episode for different reasons Firstly, because I was so against Janine seeing the baby. Every time it was brought up, I was like, these people are insane. This is the goofiest thing. Get her away from any level of civilization. Like, I was just not on board with the Janine thing, and that ended up so well. But the neonatologist thing hit me in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah. I really didn't think I was going to be affected by it, because I saw where it was going once it hit a certain point. I was like, right. oh, they're going to bring her back, and Serena's going to find a way, and then this this person's going to come in and do this thing. I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I don't know what it was. Like the, I think it was the actress who played the neonatologist, and she did it so well. She was so surprised in a way that I think that's how, like, not that I would have behaved, not because, like, but I just can see myself at every stage being like, so I'm really, I'm really going to be able to, like, get to do this job. Like, and she, you know, she was so surprised at every stage, even after they like, and then right when they put on the white coat, she kind of steeled up her spine a little bit and you were just like, oh my gosh. Like she like reassumed this like role. And the part that got me is when the guy was talking to her about how much he admired her and yes. remembered her. And I was oh, God. Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. he was a resident under her or something yeah, like that. just, like, yeah. just yeah. affirming her. It's like he, he had this moment where he could just say all these things. Oh, my God. Yeah, every once in a while when the show gives <sighs> you, like, a man that remembers and cares, mm-hmm. like, I just want to oh. cry every time. Yeah. I'm like, you're still there. I just feel like, I can't, I feel like, I, honestly, it's hard for me to think of a favorite one from last season. I sort of really liked seeing um the backstory between Luke and June. How they met. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I remember being like super drawn to that, but until I kinda of found they cheated, I was like, oh come on, why'd you ruin that cuteness? Cause, but anyway. Because they're people. Because they're people. Mm-hmm. But I would say my favorite, which is probably not one that'd be favorite, but I think like most um stood out to me the most is when she was like stuck in the Boston Globe. Oh yeah. Waiting. Oh yeah, that was really good. And a lot of those things, especially the, the women-centric part of it, when she had the woman's shoe mm-hmm. and found the, the other pair, I, like, definitely cried <laughs> when I saw that. Just, like, you think about, like, a woman who fought her way to get to that kind of seat and, like, just seeing all those shoes. I'm getting, like, teary-eyed thinking about it. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know if this is the same experience for other women, but, like, your shoes, I don't know, I get power from my shoes, you know? Like, I feel like when I got a certain pair of shoes on going to a certain situation, it's like, I'm about to do some shit. Because I got my shoes on. Got they're clicking. They're clicking. And they're cute. And you can see my calves. Because I'm a badass. <laughs> and just thinking about, like, I don't I'm know. I'm trying to <laughs> imagine which of your pairs of shoes make you feel I just way. only want you to talk in that voice for a little <laughs> <laughs> But just the, you know, I don't know. So that was that part. But then it was also another part of it when Nick came and met her there. And she just had this, like, sex fest with him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I can't. And she goes, try. <laughs> I was like, you go, Jean. Try, Nick. Try harder. That's fun. Yeah. What about you, um, Yeah, it's really I hard. I feel like I have favorite scenes mm-hmm. way more than I have yeah. favorite episodes. Um, I completely agree about the neonatologist. That one was such a surprise yeah. that it felt like like reassurance um, watching that episode. Um, also, I really... I mean, man, it's hard. It's hard for me to say that many scenes beat out the uh, Martha Underground Railroad. That mm-hmm. was yeah. that was pretty spectacular. Because um, I felt like I'd been waiting for it for a long time. Like there had been little hints that something like that might exist here right. and there. Um, and they even mentioned something about that in the book. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd been like waiting and hoping and waiting and hoping, and then it was like Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were pretty fantastic, and there were a lot of scenes that, like, really tore me apart, and I like them in the sense that, like, I really appreciate their, like, craft and artistry, but, like, I actually hated what was happening right. half the time. There's so a lot there, of that there's in this a show. Lo- yeah. yeah, there's a yeah. lot of those. You just described The Handmaid's Tale. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just remembering last season, my favorite episode is when they, like, play Aunt Lydia. I mean, it was, like, time. Oh, yeah. When it was time they don't to stone, stone Janine. Janine, and they oh, were just like, great. sorry, Olivia, I can't do it. And I was just thinking, like, what? Because I remember Crystal was on Twitter. It was my she's... only viral tweet. 
<laughs> she said that the I'm so sorry, far. Aunt Lydia is going to be the new Bye Felicia. <laughs> it is. Sorry, Aunt Lydia. <laughs> Gotta go. Awesome.